Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. All right. Well, welcome back to uh, Shifting the Employee Experience podcast. I'm doing with Dr. Bill Howitt. I'm sitting with Bill. Um, Bill, this is we were five into five five interviews into this pilot at this stage. So I'm graduating from rookie status. You are uh, flourishing. As flourishing. we talked, as we mentioned Good. our last our last conversation, we have an exciting guest we're going to bring on as yeah. we have in the past. We like to jump into an article that you've written, and uh, it helps give some context for the, the for the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you are an author. You've uh, a columnist. Um, you do a whole bunch of th- work. And in, in the space we're going to jump into, and, and one of the articles you wrote for the Globe and Mail um, is why having a solid relationship helps you at work. Mm. What? Now this, like, um, you know, that, the, 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 the title jumps out at me, and on some level it seems so obvious, but this, on another level it's like, you know, how many people wouldn't maybe make the connection with solid relationships you know, and helping you be more productive and effective at work. Well, it's it's good, it's good that you start that way because when I'm sitting, I'm listening to you, I'm processing. So, so where do I start with this conversation? And one of the things that motivated me when I was thinking about this article and where we're going with this is that, you know, after being around human beings for over 30 years now and counseling and coaching and et cetera, I'm finding it fascinating how as a society with all our digital technology and all our skills and all our knowledge about you know civilization is how people are becoming increasingly loneliness is becoming a bigger issue and the, and the importance of having relationships. And when you'll notice in that article, I linked to a loneliness scale. Mm-hmm. The reason I did is because loneliness is a huge epidemic in our country that maybe we're not even yet talking about it. You know, 30 to 40% of the population probably experiences loneliness. And I was reading an article the other day that I just sat there and I go, oh, my Lord. If you think about obesity, we know obesity can lead to chronic disease. But people are experiencing isolation, which is called what we call a perception isolation, not objective, perceptive isolation, where I perceive I'm lonely. Mm-hmm. Is four times, has four times the impact of obesity for chronic disease risk for premature death. So then I started to realize that, okay, so now this loneliness thing and these relations things, things really matter. And how many hours do people spend in the workplace? You know, lots of people are spending more time at work than they are anything else. And so when you go to relationships in the workplace, I, I've experienced where people have a strong relationship in the workplace. They can thrive, they feel safe, they feel comfortable, and they can actually have connection, etc. But if they have relationships outside the workplace, that can actually help them have the comfort and confidence and comfort in the workplace as well. So I just wanted to try to get that conversation moving to heighten awareness around this because I'm not sure if you walk down the street and says, you know, you'll hear more talked about mental health. But I think the stigma around loneliness and isolation is we're hearing more undertones of it. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced it's a major problem. I think it's going to become a bigger issue. And it was interesting. You look at Stats Canada research recently. 
more human beings are living alone now. Hmm. So there's a movement towards that. Um, you know what just came to mind is um, uh, some Gallup research I read once. I think it was the Gallup 12, and it was it, it was connected to um, engagement, employee engagement. And one of the things, and I know we're not talking about necessarily at work, but one of the items that surprised me, and this was done over you know a number of countries, you know uh, through a number of sectors. I think you know a few hundred thousand uh, um, uh, inputs, and uh, but one of the top twelve uh, c- factors to consider is I have a friend at work. Yes, I that you know like now you think about that, yeah. like you think well you know practically I'm going to work. Does it matter if I have a friend at work or? And you're saying well yeah that would probably matter, but also just but having like a solid relationship. Um, and and we were talking earlier, and, I, and something you said um, that struck me was. Is, is if someone is perceived that they're feeling isolated. Your belief, or maybe this is research, I'm not sure, but this is idea that one, you know, starting with one solid relationship right. could and, help facilitate. And this will be a good, we'll, we'll get our guest in a minute, and you can set it up and get our guest Darren to do an introduction of himself in a second and kind of frame a story. But one, one of the reasons that motivated me to invite Darren on this is that if you're starting to think about having relationships, just being a human being, you know, extroverted, being introverted, you know, that can be challenging, you know, along, but when your mental health starts getting impacted and you start having a harder time as a human being and you're starting to get challenged, is how do you actually get the support systems you need? Because your relationships, the great thing about a relationship is when you have it in place and you have trust, in times of need, you can feel comfortable to ask for help. Mm. But we often don't get trained in how to help other people. Mm-hmm. We don't get trained in what we can do to support. Like you'll see lots of times with people will have cancer or, or they'll have a major depression. I've lived my entire life with a mental illness. Lots of people, I create the, create the illusion that I'm functioning all the time. They don't walk up to me and say, hey, Bill, how's your mental health today? Anything today I can do to help you? Mm-hmm. Some of the people, my close friends like yourself and other people who know me, they do all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's that's what's kind of fascinating is this whole relationship conversation. So why don't you bring Darren in, get him to give you a little background because he has a kind of a cool story that he talks about well, how he through kind of tripped over an idea and started to use technology to help people start to build some relationships and start to have a frame of reference. And we'll go back and forth. And we'll Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Well, Darren, yeah, you've been listening in. Thank you for, for being mm-hmm. so patient and listening to kind of this, and, you know, the, the start of this conversation and, and, uh, and Bill wanting to introduce you to me and to our listeners. Um, mm-hmm. what, what's resonating for you, you know, and you, you, uh, we, you read this article as well and you had some points and I, and we want to dig into some of the things that you're doing on the business side, but just, you know, before we get to that, what are, what are some, 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 uh, areas of, of, you know, maybe places that resonated for you when you read this article? Yeah. I, I mean, when you're talking about, when you're talking about the, the relationships at work and even just having one, one relationship, um, that is authentic and one one relationship that you really trust and one relationship that's really meaningful to you. I think that's that's huge and I think that's a that's a significant part of this article. And one of the one of the takeaways for me is that um, these these relationships take a lot of effort and they take a lot of a lot of focus. And I think that's I mean that's that's an important thing to sort of remember, I think. 
Well, okay, and in you know, and Bill has just reminded me that we should probably have you introduce yourself to to our listeners. I did that politely. Um, yeah. my, 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 my apologies, because we just jumped into it. I know who you are, but other yeah. people won't know who you are necessarily. And and you know what? Instead of saying I'm Darren. it, Darren, instead of saying it uh, out loud to me, he actually wrote it down. So he is learning to be kind to me in this in, in our podcast both here. Yeah. So so a little bit of your background, who you are, mm-hmm. how you know Bill. Yeah. So. Um, I've had a, I guess part of, part of why I'm here today is I've had a technology company for, for 14 years. And, um, the story that really relates to, to this conversation goes back a a few years ago when, um, my business partner of, um, about 10 years, uh, had a severe depressive episode and I'll come back to how that relates to how I met Bill. Can I do that? Sure. Yeah, for sure. So I'll, I'll tell a bit of the story as to... What, what, um, and your tech, before we go there, your technology company is territorial, is that right? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. And, and what, what was the focus, or what is the focus of territorial? Like what, 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 are you, what problems are you solving and, and what, um, you know, where do you guys play? Yeah, so, I mean, we're... We're working on two parts of the business. One is a consulting services business that uh, develops product, digital product for customers. So we've been building um, Internet of Things um, digital products where we take data from devices, to, uh, take it up into the cloud and pull it back down into dashboards and do reporting and that sort of thing. Oh, cool. um, so we've been working you know, with electric mining vehicles um, and transportation data, et cetera. So um, that's that's one part of the technology business. The other side is developing our own product um, to which we've been the last three years been working on a mental health software called Hugger, which we're going to talk a little bit more about. Cool. Okay. And then, and yeah, so so the story by, behind Hugger is, is really quite interesting because I'm guessing five years ago, you probably didn't see yourself in this space. No, not at all. Yeah. No. So take us through yeah. that. How, how, like, a, and this, I'm, I, I know a little bit uh, about it, but I'd love to hear how that, you know, how Hugger came to be. Mm-hmm. So um, three years ago, uh, my my business partner and I sat down, and we had been talking for a little bit about um, uh, about the need for him to take time off. His therapist was telling him he needed to take about a month off, so we were planning for it. But as a small business, uh, you never have. There's never a good time for your business partner to take a month off, right? No, no, there's not. There's not that luxury. I can <laughs> so, totally relate. <laughs> so, so how, so how do you, how do you navigate that? That's that's a huge, that's a huge problem for I think a lot of companies. Um, but what, what ended up happening for us is on a Wednesday, we, we sat down and it was, you know, sort of similar to what's happening now across the prairies. I think it was like minus 43 or something like that. (laughs) Uh, we're sitting in a bookstore and, um, it was just, it was time he needed, he needed just to remove himself from the daily activities of the business and just, and just take time to focus on his own health. And so by Friday he was, he was done, he was gone. Um, and it was, we, we had, we said that he was going to take a three months off and just focus on his health. And, um, that ended up being nine months of, of complete time off of, of work while that was happening while, while we're having this conversation, we were in the middle of our largest 
um, our largest project and our most successful project that we'd sort of ever undertaken. So it was a big time. And this, this event was obviously huge for, for us, us as a small company. But what ended up happening um, is that uh, we started, we met every Thursday for lunch as friends and we we just we just talked about what he was what he was working on um in his own health and um that that really sort of helped break down the fears those conversations really helped break down the fears in sort of my own sort of existence of um you know how how i might help how i might be helpful um, one, so one of the things that he started doing, being an engineer, he's a seven, civil and comp, comp sci engineer, mm-hmm. he started tracking everything um, related to sort of his health and getting better. So he, at the time, this was three years ago, there wasn't really any tracking devices or apps that were really useful for him. So he was tracking in Excel. He was tracking his moods three times a day. He's tracking alcohol consumption, coffee consumption, his activities, his sleep. Um, and his medication and a number of other things. So he would go to his um, his medical team, whether a doctor, psychologist, psychiatrist, or therapist, and he, um, when they asked him how he was doing, they're typically expecting the answer, oh, you know, <laughs> I'm feeling like crap, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was able to pull out his laptop and show them, actual data and that led to a di- that led to a diagnosis of bipolar 2 within 6 months because of his is, tracking yeah because they're able to have a conversation about data um, and his own personal data and how he is feeling specifically and how that related to his medication wow so what not only that he brought me into that data as well so when we're meeting on every when we're meeting every thursday we would actually look at the data, look at his data, his health data, yeah. and what was happening, and we found that 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 conversation was totally different than, you know, hey, how how are you doing? Like I was scared to ask that question, right? Um, but when we're looking at his data and 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 looking at it almost from a third por- person exploratory perspective. That that totally changed our conversation and made us go into deeper places than we would have never gone without sort of that as a as as a starting point. So that was that was a key part in our relationship, and I think even him, I think you know he he's, he speaks of that as as it helping him get better. The other part in this uh, this sort of the end of the story, getting close to it, um, is that he realized in those moments that he was the person that really needed to tell me what he needed um, in terms of his support. Cause I'd say, how are you like, how can I help? Which sounded like such a feeble question. Um, and he's just trying to, you know, stay alive, you know? So um, he realized at that time, he wished he had support tools to actually create um, a, a, you know, create a scenario or create an, create a way for him to say, this is what I need from you. And this is when I need it because that, that would be a huge help to him. And, um, so when he was coming back to work nine months later, our relationship as, um, as business partners was stronger than it was before. And our, our relationship as friends was stronger as what was stronger. And, you know, talking to people, that's actually, I, I found out that that was unique, um, 
because mental health can destroy relationships, as we know, and destroy businesses. So we're trying to figure out what do we do with this because I think we have a unique story. Um, do we write a book, et cetera? But why don't? But we came to the point like, why don't we actually just build the tool because we're good at building digital tools? Why don't we do the thing that build the thing that he he really wished he had? So that's what we did. We just started building Hugger. We did a bunch of research. There's nothing on the market like it. So we started building a tool that allowed people to support, but more importantly, that's invited individuals that are close to them in their life to actually take part in sort of an active support role and allow them to set up what we're calling social contracts um, that allow them to sort of set up scenarios where if say my anxiety is really high for five days, then um, I need you to do this thing for me. So that's the, that's, that's the shortish version. <laughs> no, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. I think it's also, it's neat when I've, when I, cause I've heard the story a couple of times. And I think what's interesting is for me, as I start to reflect on it is that people, the, the concept around building a relationship with somebody, whether it's in the workplace or outside the workplace, they can be, they can fall on a wide spectrum. And in the case of your business partner and you, that relationship was there before. However, that relationship actually became a compass and it's something someone could actually count on and rely on and start mm-hmm. to evolve on. And because I've heard the story and I was reflecting on what does it mean. And I'd be curious when you when you're um, thinking about digital technology, you know, and, and I'm you know you you and I have had conversations about this before, Darren. Isn't it kind of ironic that? technology could be arguably one of the reasons why lots of people are lonely because they're hiding in technology and they're not building skills to build relationships because one of the, I think this power of what you're talking about is learning how to ask each other for what you need in your relationship but I thought it was a pretty that always stuck in my head as unique and kind mm-hmm. of interesting what's your thoughts around where the role of technology in helping people learn how to build relationships, maintain relationships, evolve. What are you thinking about that? Yeah, I think that's a that's a a really important consideration, and I think I think a, a lot about how um, how how technology needs to be used or shouldn't be used, um, because at the end of the day, relationships. Um, I, I believe they need to be face to face, and so uh, technology can can we use? I think you know when we talk about in sort of an open and non non judgmental way, it changes everything, but it's still really hard to talk about. So can we use technology to make it easier, but not online? You know, like we take we 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 empower those conversations offline, and I think there's an opportunity for that um, for technology to play in that. It's almost like uh, you know the idea of having the technology is an enabler of a, a relationship and building a relationship, but not not to take not to replace the you know the relationship. Yeah, technology isn't the answer. Right. It, it technology is a support tool. Yeah, it's a tool, and I think it's also the opportunity where technology can deliver information in bite-sized ways because I think one of the things is is that you know I'd be interested to ask both of you you're a coach David you spend a lot of time coaching people like like is it a lost art how to build relationships you know I'm racking my brain listening to it so where do we get taught how to build a relationship 
Like where, mm-hmm. like where do we help people? Let's say, for example, I feel down and out or I feel lonely. Where, where can I learn how to build a relationship? Yeah, that's, I mean, well, here's, I'll speak as a parent for a second. I, you know, I do worry, uh, you know, the adoption of technology at a really young age and how that may um, hinder my children. And maybe I'm being, you know, uh, overly concerned about their ability to, you know, adapt to environments and people and all these sorts of things. And, uh, and I, I, so I love seeing, you know, as a parent, you know, kids play on teams because they're mess. You know, the relationships are messy, and you have to. I feel like you have to learn how to get along and learn. You know, what I mean, all the things we probably learn. Mm-hmm. You know, we have in common playing sports growing up mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. It is fascinating. Like, and and if we think of your story, Darren, you know, it sounds like you really strengthen this relationship. And are we are we allowed to use your business partner's name, or is it, is is he comfortable? Yeah. I mean, he's obviously comfortable with the story. Who? And, yeah. Yeah. And 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 who? And his name is. Scott Boris. Right. And there's a video, I believe, that people could could watch. And, and we yep. could put it on. And you guys are okay putting uh, us putting it on the show notes? Yep. Okay. So tell, yeah, like how did that, how did, you know, what did, what did you learn about the power of relationship? You know, and, you know, this is a business partner, but obviously a close friend as well. I think, I mean, it taught me, it taught me a lot. One of the things, again, like going back to how hard, how hard it, how hard it, how much work is required for it. And, and for, for me and how I approach my business partnerships, I, I, something that's helped me is to approach it very similar, almost with the same principles as, as I approach my, my marriage. I was going to business school, like they, they drummed into my head that partnerships are, are really difficult. And at the end of the day, they really are marriages. So approach it in the same way. And I thought about how much time I actually focus on, um, you know, making my, my marriage a, um, sort of something that brings happiness to my life and applying those sort of similar principles in my partnership with, with Scott. And so when, when those, when that got really hard, it was terrifying to be honest, you know, it, it didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. The having the ability to have sort of weekly conversations and I give a ton of credit to him of like being really vulnerable and being really open and, and being super courageous um, to share what he did with me. It, it was was the reason why I think we we're able to sort of like really get get through it, and um, I think that was part of his healing process as well. Yeah, I think there's that, that two way side. Yeah, and I think it almost sounds too is that you were able to as a as a team to be able to create an environment where it was safe to listen, and you both had an opportunity to learn from each other, and you didn't actually have to be experts in it because you were open to get feedback from each other and he was willing to share and you were probably knowing you as, as I'm starting to develop my relationship with you, you might've looked at him and said, I'm not quite sure what I can do right now. And that may have created that two way back and forth. I'd like to kind of go Mm -hmm. back to the, you know, hugger, which you've done. I know you were in San Francisco and I know you won an award for it. And I know that you're starting to do an evolution. Where is Hugger going? What's your vision for where you want to see this product roll? What do you want to see? What kind of impact? What's your goal? I know we're talking about ideas, and you and I are collaborating on loneliness and isolation and have some thinking, but I'd just like to get your vision in this so the listeners, when they start to hear about 
you know, you as a CEO of this company, understanding your passion, your purpose, and your vision for this, using technology to help people build relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so our hope is that Hugger can have a significant impact in in places that um, maybe we didn't even know existed and in ways that we didn't even know existed. And um, to do that, like you said, I think, I mean, as a technology company, we can build a good product, um, but we need to involve um we need to involve people outside of ourselves, like, like yourselves to, to really sort of have a, have a significant impact. I mean, the thing that's unique about, uh, I think our angle, uh, and, and approaching, um, sort of what we're, what we're working on with, with Hugger is really what we're talking about here is the, the basis of what we're trying to improve is, is relationships. And, um, the, the opportunity, the opportunity to sort of, you know, we talked about authentic, create, uh, authentic connections and creating those and, and learning how to create those and cre- creating an environment that those, that c- connections and relationships can become more authentic and there's more understanding and more empathy in them. Um, the opportunity for that, because it's such a fundamental thing um, in our society and in our needs as people, is is vast. So I think there's a there's yeah there's a there's a, I mean the the goal is that we have the most impact that's possible with individuals, um, but also within there's there's I think there's from conversations that we've had. With companies and organizations, there there is a lot of opportunity within the workplace to to also have this impact. So, so so for people, that. so for, so that's you know, really helpful. So if people are listening, and and Hugger is based and it's actually spelled H U G R, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, who you know who are your customers? How do what is the what is the like the user experience? Like maybe walk us through because um, you know people listening may you know I'm guessing would probably be interested and and would want to learn more and find out and potentially you know get on this app. Um, can you walk us through that? Yeah. So um, from a user's perspective, they they um, they come in um, and they are able to add a support person. And um, in the app, there's a, a can sort of in- introduction to that, that, hey, um, I'm using Hugger and I'd love to include you in my support system around my mental health and this is hmm. why. Mm-hmm. And then, and then uh, the individual can start to track um, sort of a number of aspects in their life, whether they want it from a general wellness perspective whether um, it's uh, from an anxiety dep- uh, or depression or bipolar perspective. And we might add more f- further, but they sort of track um, different aspects um, of, of their lives, of their, of their health. And they can share that on a very sort of granular level with their support person individually. So I can add, say, Scott as my support person, and I can let him see only my mood or hmm. um, my mood and my activities, my mood and um, sort of my journal. Uh, I, can, I can individually sort of detail exactly what I want that support per- person to see. Um, and then I can set up certain parameters around what I'm tracking so that I'm educating them of what I need and when I need it. And 
so the algorithm works in a way that if I if I track um, if I track in this way, there's a, an event that happens say five times. Like if I have depression, um, uh, and, and it's and I'm low for five days in a row, I need you to do this for me. Oh, it could be positive too. I'm having a really good week. Let's go and celebrate. Nice. So when I first saw this, uh, that's one of the things I, I was intrigued by. It. And when I looked at it, and I said to myself, "There's a you know, it's a big ocean when you start looking at mental health. And one of the things that Darren and I are starting to collaborate with is we're starting to put some thinking around how do we start to provide some shaping around providing people's their workplace experience and uh, how they can have a positive impact. And so we're thinking, so we have this technology and we have a problem out there, and there's like there can be anxiety and there can be depression. Hunger can serve addiction, it can serve many different areas. And we, we're collaborating, looking at is this concept around isolation and loneliness? If we mm -hmm. take this technology and we start to leverage the technology, we start taking some ideas from around you know, basic assessment, as uh, other guests have talked about, getting a baseline, providing people some curriculum, some thinking on how do I move from loneliness, what is loneliness, isolation, and small bite parts. To get to what Darren said earlier, how do I start to build my social contracts? How do I go out and start experimenting? Because here's one of the things. I can't wake up and say to myself, I, today's the day I'm going to get an authentic connection. What we mm -hmm. need to be able to do is be able to get ourselves out <laughs> through experiences, for example, people, one of the things people say to me when they come to me as a clinician, said, you know, I'm really, really lonely. And I say, what do you do? And they tell me, then says, start volunteering. Start mm -hmm. getting out, start doing things for other people. Start getting out, and through that, you start meeting people, meeting relationships. And as you start to serve and help other people, people get to know who you are. And so we want to create a, a way to, it's almost, and I, and I guess Darren would be interested when you responded to this, you know, before, is like, Tylenol, like mm -hmm. if you have a symptom, we're not trying to create a cure for isolation and loneliness. I think where we've collaborated, what if we can start to do some symptom relief? What if we can actually give people hope that if they feel, understand why I'm isolated, why do I have these feelings of loneliness and start to get some ideas. And that's what I'm excited about. How can online technology using an online app start to do that. And I'm sure you have some thoughts around that. Well, no, I just, you know, what I was thinking is what's nice about it is that I think it um, normalizes it. Like it doesn't become this kind of thing that sits in the shadows and no one wants to talk about. And, um, I, and when Darren was describing, you know, the Hugger app and, and how you use it and how you, you get your support person, I'm guessing that requires a, le a certain <laughs> level of vulnerability on, on the part of the user. Is that, you know, what, what do you hear? Like, what kind of feedback are you getting from the user experience? Yeah, there has to be, I mean, to, there, there has to be a lot of trust, obviously, to invite yeah. a person into, into your life. But the thing is, I think, you know, um, I, I think on one side of it, uh, on sort of one cohort of people, there are, there are people that have, um, you know, one to three people in their lives that they want, they, they do trust and they, they want to build those stronger relationships. Then there's another cohort of people that, you know, I think we're talking about that, um, that Bill's referring to. And I think there's, you know, there's obviously overlap, a, a, a large amount of overlap here too, but then there's, there's other people that, um, 
you know, there's a loneliness or isolation factor and they need to, they need to build those authentic connections or they need to build that trust. And we need to sort of help, help educate in how, how they can do that. So I, I think people, what I've found is in, in a lot of these conversations is that people like, obviously people are at very different places with, within their relationships. And if we can provide a technology that meets sort of both of those scenarios that I was just talking about, and I think we can, then uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity for impact. Very cool. So now people listening and interested in, in, you know, your story, Scott's story and, and Hugger, how do they, how do they learn more about you and how do they get onto the app? Where would you direct them? Yeah. So currently the app isn't available, um, on the app stores. Um, we're, we're working on an iOS and Android version and that'll be, that'll be available. Um, we're just starting what we're calling, what we call alpha testing. So it's pre-beta testing, mm-hmm. um, with a, you know, it's like close sort of, um, group of individuals. Um, and then, um, but individually, like anybody can sort of look us up on Instagram, hugger app, H U G R A P P. Um, there's hugger.ca. You can be, uh, you can add yourself to the newsletter list and we'll we send out updates that way as well. Very cool. Well, um, thanks for sharing your story. And I, you know, I'm really struck, um, by, um, you know, what a good friend, uh, and, and friendship it sounds like you have and, and a, what a great business partner you are. And, um, you know how, I guess, you know, both you and Scott are lucky to have each other. So I really appreciate, you know, the level of vulnerability sharing this and, and, and what's really cool from as an entrepreneur, um, to another entrepreneur is, is, it's, is just that idea of, you know, you, you see a, a challenge or something going on in your own personal environment and you want to, you want to, you know, create a business around helping other people. And I just think that's, that's really noble. So uh, I really appreciate getting to know you, Darren. I'm going to for sure follow this. I want to check this out more. I'm sure he'll hear, hear more from Bill um, on, on this and what you guys are doing together. But uh, thanks for sharing your story mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and, 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 let, and opening it up to, to people. And, you know, be interested to hear what, what listeners you know, have to, to say and how they could be potentially part of um, you know, maybe this, this alpha version at some point. Love to hear what listeners say. And, yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. All right, no man. Problem. Stay warm. Be in touch. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Bye-bye. See you, Darren. So, Bill, you know, what, yeah, I, you know one thing I, I just wanted to, to mention that I was... One thing? Uh, well, a couple. But okay. the, one, the one main thing All right. that I wanted to, to talk about um, was, you know, this idea of uh, relationships. And one of the things I remember, and, I, you know, I've heard it subsequently, and I think you and I even talked about it as, uh, as recently as last night, mm. But, you know, I remember when I was learning how to, uh, going through some training and I was supporting young offenders. Mm. And it was the idea, and, and part, well, part of the training was, you know, and I was in my early 20s, and it just really struck me about, like, what's a friendship and what's a client relationship? And one of the distinctions was reciprocity or, or being reciprocal, right? And, you know, and, I, and it, that stuck with me for my, you know, for, for, for my life, actually. And, and sometimes you find yourself you know, and someone you're calling a friend, but you're just feeling this is not reciprocal, right? Well, you know, it could be, you know, I'm, I'm asking for too much or vice versa. Um, and then the, the strongest relationships I found are where they're highly reciprocal, like where, where and it requires listening. It also requires uh, being listened to. Mm-hmm. And it requires asking questions and, yes. and having someone ask you questions. And so that's when, you know, we were talking about, you know, um, 
But if, if we're a passive recipient of information or whatever technology or a, a video game or whatever that might be, it doesn't include that, right? And I feel like that could that could stunt that in, in, for me anyways. What's what's neat is to see some of these games, uh, like I'm thinking of gaming in, in particular, um, that has that social element, which is kind of cool. But there's you know there's a bit of a dark side there too in terms of how how some you know again I'm thinking as having a teenage son, mm-hmm. some of the challenges around that. So but but that you know that you you asked that question, but you know how do we develop those skills? And that was something that I I learned um, and I still focus on. You know, is this a client or is this a friendship? Right? And and how what am I doing my part? Mm. I think, yeah, in the area that when we think about building relationships, just think about this with the client it was with last week is about the manager-employee relationship, about how do we train our managers even to learn how to communicate to their employees, and then how do employees learn how to communicate to the manager, how do employees learn how to communicate to each other, and that, and it's starting to become very, I'm becoming much more aware that if things we took for granted in a very complex world where time is a finite resource as well, and there's only so much time, and there's only so much energy, and people, you, the thing about having a friendship is you got to show up, mm. and you need to spend time and want to spend time. Mm-hmm. You know that means calling people, mm-hmm. checking in. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good distinction. Need to and want to. Yeah, and so <laughs> you and can't fake it. Right. right. So if you're when if you want to maintain a marriage, you're going to need to do things, but they need to perceive that you want to be there. Yeah. My belief system is is that there's a lot of folks that could be coming discouraged. And one of the things we know there's a genetic need. Every one of us have a genetic need for social connections. That's why we are the top of the food chain because we know how to organize the biggest gang and we have the biggest ability to know how to think. That's why we're the top of it. But all of us, the only reason we are in the top of the food chain is because we can put ourselves into large social connections and social order and be able to interact. So when you don't have a, what you believe is that social connection or that one thing, you can when you start feeling isolated, we know it can have a negative impact on your health and your mortality. And so I think, sadly, and I was thinking about this the other day, and it was in New York City, is that I was looking up, and you know that, that art where they do those really cool craving, carvings in the side of the building and marble? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a lost art now. They don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm getting concerned one of the lost arts is, is building human relationships. Mm-hmm. And we've actually started to rely too much on technology. So what, what I'm hoping to do with Darren and start to learn is how can we start to provide people awareness around isolation, around loneliness, help that application, same thing around mental health, helping people learn how to do this, because it may or may not be, it'd be interesting what you think. I think it's a lost start. I think lots of folks just assume that relationships happen mm. and you need to do some work and they mm. can be messy and they mm-hmm. can be complicated mm-hmm. and there'll be friction and there'll be challenges. If you want them, you're gonna need to work for mm-hmm. them. Well, I, and, it's, and it, what comes to mind is Daniel Goleman's work around emotional intelligence yeah. and, and how, you know, the importance of, um, you know, the pillars around emotional intelligence and, and how that actually translates to business success. And, you know, and the other thing I, that comes to mind is something I read once, and it'll be really interesting to watch this work you're doing on loneliness in the series that you, and, and isolation. But I, I it, something to the, and, and, you know, you can build on this or, or help me understand this, you know, um, the idea that your 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 brain doesn't it would interpret like a, a physical injury and 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 maybe ostr- being ostracized in a very similar way like it would feel it the same way, mm. and I found that really you know because 
you know, it does, you know, if you feel like you have not been included in something, you know, and, and, you know, it, it does hurt on some level and you, you kind of think, well, I'll just get over it. Like, what's the big deal? But, but you're, 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 uh, uh, from what I gathered, I mean, you're, you're actually, your brain's interpreting in a way similar to how it takes it as a, it takes a, takes it as a major risk because if we do need to have social connections in our belief at a DNA level to have relationships, in the absence of those relationships creates hypervigilance and hyperarousal. And we know that even folks that are lonely, they'll have more, when they're sleeping, they'll have more micro wake-ups. Their huh. brain is turned on looking For because when you're alone, your sense of your, your risk profile where you could be more in danger because at, at a DNA level, survival of it is, so you're by yourself, how you're going to be able to deal with all the demands. So it becomes... It's really, really, we're starting to realize it has more negative impact on us than we realize at a physiological basis. Mm -hmm. And then when you start thinking about it, I mean, you can't say it enough. I mean, the research that came out of the University of Chicago is you start realizing, you know, wow, people who are truly feeling perceived isolation and loneliness, mortality risk is four times obesity. It's incredible. You know? Yeah. Well, and cool, good, good on Darren, uh, territorial hugger, you know, in his relationship with Scott. And thank you for introducing uh, me and the listeners to Darren. And we'll, we'll continue to watch, watch and see what happens. And we'll be back, folks. Um, in the meantime, please, if you enjoyed this conversation, and I'm trying my best to pull my, my I'm, I'm doing my Greg Hemmings, uh, wrap up and I'm going to do it not entirely well right Dr. Obvious yeah. um, is I'm going to you're going to you're going to like us on Bill what are you going to like us on you don't know no I always forget no you have to make the, you want them to vote first that they liked it then they're going to find you on okay <laughs> Oh my gosh, guys, come on. Okay, all you have to say is if you like this episode, please, please share it. Can we That's have... the most important thing. Share the episode okay. and subscribe, oh, subscribe to the Boiling Point on iTunes, on Stitcher, or anywhere you okay. listen to your so, podcast. So you know what's funny? Can we have cue cards? And, and, please, and, and please rate and tell us what you're yeah. thinking and, and, and connect with our guests and, and connect with us. Um, and I love how Greg, it just killed him to see us struggle there. And he just, you know, he said, I can't let these guys. But there is die. a certain amount of codependency happening here. Oh, yeah. Did you yeah, see that? Yeah. <laughs> we, we, all three of us work together only because we're together. Individually, we would fall. Yeah. Amen. All right. Thanks, all right. guys. Good really job. appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Greg. All right, guys. Thank you. All right. And thanks to our sponsors. Uh, again, uh, without those guys, we could not make this happen. Yes. So we'll see you next week. See ya. Thanks for listening to the special partnership edition of the Boiling Point podcast the podcast that we're calling Shifting the Employee Experience, which has been presented in partnership with the University of New Brunswick College of Extended Learning and with our second partner, Workplace Safety and Prevention Services. So let me tell you a little bit about our two epic sponsors. The University of New Brunswick College of Extended Learning features the online high-impact corporate leadership program. Workplace health, safety, wellness, and leadership are competencies that significantly impact a workforce. Strength in these areas are crucial for the success in a corporate environment. Build capacity with your entire team with specialized courses through the UMB online experience. For more information, visit go.umb.ca slash ICIP podcast.
Our second partner for the podcast is Workplace Safety and Prevention Services. It's a not-for-profit organization committed to protecting workers and businesses. WSPS serves the manufacturing, agriculture, and service sectors in Ontario, supporting over 160,000 member firms and 4.1 million workers. WSPS offers unparalleled health and safety expertise, consulting, training, and resources. Their mandate includes helping businesses understand their risks and legal obligations to stay in compliance and build a better and safer workplace. You can find out more on their website at www.wsps.ca or by following them on Twitter at at WSPS underscore news or by connecting on their LinkedIn company page by searching for Workplace Safety and Prevention Services. So thanks to those two sponsors for making this podcast a reality. We're really excited to connect with you next week. looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.